Good day and welcome to Practice Blueprint, the podcast. Each episode of Practice Blueprint captures our success and shares it with other practitioners. Our success is based on already making big mistakes so you don't have to. See, over the years, we have been fortunate to capture a proven, sustainable, and successful program which will eliminate fear, frustration, and stress while it advances your competency and your confidence so that you can develop a sustainable, profitable, natural health business. This system is built by practitioners for practitioners. It is not theory. It has been proven with over 30,000 clinical hours of hands-on experience to support it. In each episode, we will address real clinical challenges with proven, accessible solutions any practitioner can benefit from. This, in turn, will position you to develop that natural health business you've always dreamed of. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of Practice Blueprint. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, first, I will kind of dive into my story and I will probably give you the kind of condensed version because I think there's so much that we could go over together. Um, but for me, it actually started at about age nine. Um, I think we all probably have those moments in our life where things happen or situations come up where, um, you know, in the moment we might feel like, why is this happening? Right. Or it's, it's a, it's a challenging thing to get through. And then later on, we maybe look back and think, oh, that was really a blessing, right? That brought this to my life or that prepared me for this, right? I think we can all probably relate to something. Maybe even this year we've had some of those experiences. Um, but for me, it started at age nine. My mom actually got very sick. And um, I watched her go from doctor to doctor to specialist to specialist. And, um, and this actually went on for about two years where she was just very, very ill. And the doctors would make recommendations. And she would unfortunately get sicker and sicker. And um, so for me as a child, that was very confusing uh, because we're kind of taught to believe that the doctors have the answers and, um, you know, we kind of put them up on a pedestal, right? And, and so it was very confusing to me why they couldn't figure out what was going on with her. At one point, they even made her feel like it was more of a mental health of like, it's all in your head. There's nothing wrong with you. It's all up here. Um, and so, uh, long story short, after about two years, they finally diagnosed her, um, and at that time, this was kind of, um, you know, a lot of diseases have come out in the 30, last 30 years, right? So this was about 28 years ago. So this particular disease, which is Crohn's, most people know what it is now, but 28 years ago, most people had no idea what Crohn's was, right? And so, um, so they figured out that she had Crohn's and, and they made recommendations for her. And um, I don't remember the exact timeline, but I want to say over the course of that next year, so I'm probably about 12 now, she actually takes herself off of the prescription medications. And so, you know, kind of, I've watched my mom go through this, which is, you know, very formative years for me as a child. Um, so when they finally figure out what's going on and she chooses to go off the prescriptions, I was kind of upset right? As a kid of like, we went through all of this, now they're recommending this and you're not going to do it. 
And she looked me square in the eye, and I will never forget this, like it happened yesterday. She said, sweetie, the drugs made me sicker than the disease does. So I took myself off. And that has always stayed with me um, because I didn't really grow up uh, as much with the conditioning of how we should look at medical doctors the way that I maybe saw my peers, right, of how they were being conditioned. Um, I didn't really receive that because I had experienced firsthand that they really didn't have the answers and that they were more or less playing trial and error, right? Um so that was just very impactful for me. Um, that always stayed with me of why she went off of her meds. But then what also happened was uh, she did get better. At that time, we didn't know anything about natural health or naturopathy. This whole world, we didn't even know it existed. Uh, but what my mom did know was that she started paying attention to what she ate. And she realized that there were certain foods that would make her sicker than other foods. So she started tracking it. And if she recognized a food would be problematic, she'd cut it out. And if there was a food that, you know, maybe made her feel good or didn't make her sick, then she would go, okay, I can eat more of that. And so not knowing anything about this arena, she kind of navigated on her own by paying attention to her body. So that was really, you know, impactful to me as well. Um, kind of fast forward to me being an adult and having very unhealthy habits. Um, I got sick myself. And so when I got sick, um, it was kind of no question that I wanted to go to um, someone in the natural health field. I went and sought out naturopaths and um, natural health practitioners. I went to a chiropractor. I went and sought everyone in the natural health industry because the allopathic for me just wasn't even an option. I knew that there were just too many question marks there of whether or not they could actually um, kind of address my issues. Um, so that was really impactful. I, I, I noticed how much kind of everybody else around me had received this, I call it conditioning, right? Of how we look at the doctors, right? We don't question them. We don't, we don't, we just take their recommendations and we assume that's what's best for us. Um, but for me, I always had a lot more questions. And, um, I kind of start, I started self-educating my, myself. And when I realized how broken our, not just medical system is, but our healthcare system, our food system, um, all of these things, they're very broken systems. And the more I started researching and learning, I was very surprised to learn that doctors are not required to, um, to take any classes on nutrition. In fact, on average, I think about 20% end up taking a nutrition course, and that's because they selected it as an elective. And so I thought, well, that's really interesting because food was the thing that made the biggest difference in my mom's life. Why would doctors not take a look at this if, if we're consuming all of these things on a daily basis? They're obviously contributing to our health. Why is that not a part of the equation? Uh, so that's part of the reason I'm really glad to be here and just kind of share my story with you guys, answer any questions you have. I think you're incredibly blessed to have Wendy in your backyard. I, like I said, didn't even know this existed right back then. 
now, um, you know, I work with Dr. Dan and Country Doctor, which was definitely a divine meeting. Um, to kind of short, you know, long story short that I was managing a clinic and I was very unhappy and I really felt God speak to me and say, you need to go. You do not belong here anymore. It's time for you to go. And I actually, I felt so strongly with the message I received that I put my notice in and I didn't have another job and I didn't have a plan. I just felt in my heart and in my core that that's what I was being led to do. And less than a week after I put my notice in, as I'm kind of scrambling, trying to figure out what my plan is going to be as I leave this job, uh, is when Dr. Dan had actually posted a position. So I sent in my resume. He called me up, said, come and hang out with me for a day in the clinic and see if this is for you. And it was like we'd known each other our entire lives. And, and, and it was just very beautiful, right? Like my strengths. Um, are different than his strengths. And so we can kind of bring those together. And we're really on this mission of uh, bringing practitioners like Wendy uh, and having them be all across the country because not everybody has this available to them. Um, and it is really, truly a blessing to, um, to be able to work with somebody, you know, with a clear cut evaluation method. Uh, I know I'm super confident in the way that Wendy was trained. And and by the way, we've been having people go through our program for uh, 12 years now. And I would say Wendy, and I'm not just saying this because she's in the room, but Wendy is one of the um, like one of the best um, practitioners that has gone through our program. I mean, she is just very knowledgeable, very in tune. Um, she picked it up like that. Like it was like she's meant to do this, right? And so um, so you guys really are just so blessed to have her right there. Um, I have so much I could go over. Should we, should I, should I let you poke a question or do you want me to dive into maybe like, um, I don't know if you have the picture of the discipline surrender flow. Yes. Do you um, have I that? Do. Um, I'm going to share the screen here real quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to talk about this room. It's one of my favorite photos. I keep I'm this. How to do that. Cause I'm trying to get to just the, the screen itself, but not any of these. Um, if you don't, I, just, I can draw it. I just hit share and then go into this. You. Can you see my screen at all? I can see your screen, yes. Okay, so where's Miss Becca? There it is, right there. And go down. Yep. Yes, this is one of my favorite graphics. I keep it on my phone and I reference it often. And the reason I kind of wanted to touch on this is because. Um, you know, it's always good for us. We have to do our part, right? So we have to be very disciplined. We want to take care of our bodies, right? We want to prepare. Um, we want to do our part. That's kind of where the discipline comes in. But then we also want to surrender to our creator, our faith or our source, whatever that is for us, right? And so we want to have a balance of us doing our part, right? Which is where that self-discipline comes in. 
Um, but then also surrendering to um, the higher power and accepting that, you know, we have different phases and seasons in life and that's okay. But when we have the balance of the two is when we have this beautiful flow. And you can take this and apply it to any area of your life. Right. You could apply this to your job. You could apply this to relationships. You could reply, you know, apply this to anything. But if we're looking at it just from a health standpoint, it's really important that we are bringing the disciplines. Right. We're actively taking care of ourselves and doing our part um, and not just leaning too much on, um, you know, God will just take care of us, right? But we want to have that lean into faith as well. And so when we bring the combination of the two together, um, that is really when we can bring, I believe, ourselves into harmony. I know Wendy's probably talking a lot about um, mind, body, soul, right? Um, bringing in the fruit of the spirits and all of that. Um, but I think this this is just kind of a good way for me to summarize kind of doing my part, but also leaning in that faith. Anything you want to add to that, Wendy? Um, how do emotions affect this? Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, I think emotions are huge. Um, they can affect us just as much, if not more, as anything that's physically a threat to our health, right? So, um, you know, whether it be a common cold or, um, you know, a toxicity in our environment or a toxicity in our food, um, our emotions of fear or um, shame or guilt, um, you know, any of these kind of heavy, heavy emotions can make just as big of impact on our health as um, as any of those other, you know, environmental toxicities that we're exposed to. So I think it's really, really important. And I think this is where the surrender piece comes in, right? Um, that we do our part, but then we also put that in the hands um, in the in the greater force, right? Um, but it's important for us to understand that managing our emotions are just as important. Um, one of my biggest concerns this year has been that fear suppresses the immune system. And so we have a lot of, um, you know, driving fear in our society right now. What concerns me is that as people latch onto that fear, it actually suppresses their immune system. So if they're exposed to any of these external threats to their health, it's more likely to kind of take over their body than, um, than, than if they were in maybe a happy, healthy, um, you know what? I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean into faith and know that I've done everything to take care of myself. And if I do get exposed to something, my body is strong enough, um, to fight it, which I think is probably a good, we could kind of lead into that as well. Um, you know, one of the things that I've really seen a lot of kind of lately is people posting about, um, posting or talking about how people are responding differently to the virus. And, um, and I completely understand people are responding differently to the virus because everybody's body is different. Ideally, um, ideally, if we take care of our immune system and it's performing optimally, when we get exposed to these threats to our health, um, which we're exposed to 
every single day. We have been our entire life. This is not really anything new. This bug might be a little bit of a nastier bug, right? You know, than maybe another one we were exposed to last year. But the reality is that, um, the reality is that we have these external threats to our health at all times. And so, um, and so when people talk about, well, this is a really nasty bug because, you know, I know this person and it was really, really hard on them. So people should stop downplaying it. It's not that we were ever meaning to downplay the virus. We recognize that it can be very serious. It's that we don't want to downplay all of these other threats to our health that we're exposed to on a daily basis. What we want to do is educate the community that if you really seek to take care of yourself and you build up your immune system to where it's performing optimally, then these threats to your health, um, it's, it's not really that big of a deal because your body's capable of fighting it. The reason that one person is not really affected by the virus and another person is in the ICU is simply that one person's immune system was not functioning optimally before they were exposed. Does that kind of make sense? Um, and then the inflammation is a big part of it as well. So if we have things already going on with our health and that's causing chronic inflammation and then we get exposed to this thing on top of that, which also drives inflammation, now this is why we all of a sudden have airways closing up and people struggling to breathe. It wasn't just the virus. It was that they already had um, some other things going on um, that were contributing to it. So the more that we can help people... Um, just really do what they can to bring their discipline, right? And to take care of their bodies and honor their bodies and, and, and focus on building up that immune system. Then we don't really have to, you know, worry about these external threats. And there's many of them. It's not just this one. Questions on that at all? Um, yeah. Okay. If you're um, taking like, supplements, let's say, in the vitamin D3 and C and stuff like that, and getting adequate rest, but you're not necessarily doing um, the foods like you need to be, mm -hmm. is it beneficial for the, your immune system? It depends. This is where it gets a little complicated because everybody's body is different and everybody's body will respond differently to different things. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you guys noticed there was um, kind of a phase where elderberry syrup was getting attacked because it was causing this response in the body. Um, and so um, the challenging thing there is that if our immune system is already suppressed, or maybe it's overreacting because we have something else going on and food can contribute to that as well, right? Um, if, if our immune system is overactive and then we pump immune support on top of it, then we can, that's why people are having a negative response, for example, to elderberry syrup. And then the next person has a very positive response to elderberry syrup. The person that didn't have the positive response, their immune system was potentially already overactive because they had some things going on, right? So if your body's already fighting something else 
and the immune system is already reacting, and then you throw this virus on top of it, and then we throw immune support on top of it, it can become problematic, which is also why I highly encourage and why we love our testing method with kinesiology, because that's where we can ask each individual body, okay, can you handle this? What is the state of your nervous system right now, right? What are we dealing with? Are you going to respond predictably? And so that's where we can kind of, um, Wendy, right? She can, through her evaluation, determine, is this the best match for you? Or if we're eating some foods that maybe we shouldn't be, are they currently problematic to you? Because the food could be problematic to one person and not to another. And Becca, with the, regarding the hands-on evaluation of the kinesiology, um, if somebody's blocked, which I would say 99.9% of my clients are at least blocked, um, that's going to have a big impact on them as well. Is that right? Absolutely. And if, and if so, what does the, um, you know, we use the wheat germ oil or the sesame seed oil or red light therapy. Can you talk a little bit about the red light therapy? Because um, one of them, the gals here, Chris just got hers today. So she's pretty excited about it. Mm-hmm. And so, so could you talk more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, and for anybody that doesn't know, so um, Wendy's referring to a blocked uh, nervous system. The nervous system can also be, uh, we refer to it as switched or confused. Um, and essentially what those two things mean is that Something else is going on internally in the body and your nervous system is not responding predictably. Um, so we always want to, our first focus is always to get the nervous system responding predictably and get it out of that block state. Um, I actually had this week where um, I, I was switched. I have an injury and the red light actually unswitched me. So I do have one at home. Um, I use it pretty much every day either with myself, my kids, or my dogs. Um, for myself personally, I love, it comes with this really awesome manual. And in here, there's a wellness protocol. And it's very simple. It has points on the body that you will use the light. So for example, I will do this sometimes in the morning. So I'll just start at my wrist. And I'll do it for about 20 or 30 seconds. And then I'll move to the next wrist. So that's the next point on the chart. Then I'll go to the next point on the chart is my ear. And what the wellness protocol does is it's really activating um, some of the key energy points in the body to make sure that those meridians, which are uh, kind of like energy lines throughout the body, it makes sure that all of those meridians are activated and um, it's kind of like a little like nice boost, energetic boost to your system, so to speak. Um, my son was actually really sick earlier this year. Um, I actually think it was the virus. Um, not that it really matters because at the time we deal with viruses the way we always deal with viruses. But he was not eating, he had a fever, he was kind of lethargic laying on the couch, and I laid next to him, and I did this wellness protocol on him while he's laying on the couch, and he literally got up, he hopped to bed, slept throughout the night, 
And then the next morning he got up and he's still not feeling well, right? Because he's still, he's still kind of working on getting over this bug. And he comes out, and I love kids because they're so honest, right? And he says, will you do that light thing on me again? That made me feel better. And so my kids are always, my kids are kind of my favorite because they'll validate things for me, right? Because they know, kids never lie. They'll tell you if it works or doesn't work. Um, I've also used it with my dogs. I have um, a dog that's getting up there and has hip dysplasia. And so she has chronic pain. She doesn't walk normal. Um, and so I will at nighttime, I'll massage her hip joints and then I'll do I'll do the red light right over her hip joints for her before bedtime. And she will sometimes get up and start walking normally because it reduces that inflammation and allows her joints to work right the way that they're meant to. Um, so that's the other thing. I love the dogs too because they don't lie. It either works or it doesn't work. Um, but I love it because it's just like a really easy device to have at home that I can use on myself. I can use on my kids. I can use on my dogs. Um, it does also support reducing the inflammation. Another good and thing. oil or the sesame seed oil. And then it's also going to help support, yes, any scar or scar tissue support um, with the wheat germ oil and the sesame seed oil. So it will help um, support that as well. Yes. Uh, is that reasonably priced? Yeah. And it comes with the manual. The manual has some other key points in there as well. So for example, um, let's say I'm having some sinus issues. It has points that I can directly do the light therapy to help, um, to help with my sinuses. That's just one example. There's pages and pages of um, kind of tips. There's another one for um, headaches, TMJ, um, shoulder pain, leg issues. Um, so I mean, it's, it's really nice because it's going to really make it the acupressure points. That's what we're working with. Most people are familiar with acupuncture. So we're working with the same points that acupuncture, except we're not invading the body. We are just putting this light directly on a specific point that is associated with our concern. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's kind in the book that tells you where to go for the next. What, where you're gonna. Okay, how much money would you say that this has saved you? Because I know how much I could probably say it saved me and my family um, by having this at home. Oh my gosh, it would be really hard to put a number on it. Um, for example, a local vet here charges, I'm not sure exactly how much. Um, I want to say on average, it's usually somewhere between $20 or $50 for a light therapy session. So if I were to take my dog in once a week to get light therapy, um, you know, versus being able to do it at home, it paid for itself, I would say, in a couple of months just with my dog. Does that make sense? I mean, it would be hard to put a number on it, but I would say it saved me a lot of money. We use it. There's uh, four of us at home, and three of us use it regularly. Oh, okay. My um, 
Oh, I was just going to say my dad had a heart attack earlier this year and he wound up having quadruple bypass surgery. And when that happens, um, they cut, it's right down your governing meridian, which is your primary meridian that communicates to the rest of all of these energy channels in your body, right? Um, and so I, one of the first things I did was ship him one of these so that literally he got out of the hospital and this was arriving at his door that day so that he could start doing the light therapy um, to help um, with that healing process. Oh, that reminds me of a story mm-hmm. of our daughter who got out of the hospital after a C-section. Um, there was a lot of, of, of pain associated with it. So we used the Relief Plus topically and used the light on it oh. and the pain away within 10, 15 minutes, something like that. Yeah. Wow. Um, especially when, you got, when you're nursing a baby on, you know, on your belly and stuff. So... It helped her tremendously after surgery. Yes. Oh, that's a really good point. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the reason we initially focused on these devices was the scars, right? Because that's such a, it's, most people have scars. And most people don't realize that that, it can be one of the most, um, one of the biggest things standing in your way of your body restoring health. So even if you eat all of the right things and you do all of the right things, if you have scars that aren't addressed properly, they're blocking this energy flow and um, essentially preventing your body from doing what it was designed to do, which is heal. And so we originally got them for scars, but there's like this whole list of things, right, that they become beneficial for. Um, but you reminded me when you shared that, the I love the Relief Plus topically, my son, um, he split open his eye, had to get stitches. When he got the stitches out, the doctor said the scar looked very angry. Everybody knows what an angry scar looks like, right? It's like dark red. And the scar looked very angry. Um, and the doctor said, oh, it's great. It's fine. It healed up very nicely. I left there. I went straight over to country doctor. Dan took one look at it and goes, that doesn't look good. I said, I thought the same thing. And he goes, well, you're going to, he's like, well, you, I know you'll do light therapy, but let's check it if it's infected. So it's, he had just gotten stitches out, right? So it's not completely healed. It was infected. So we ended up doing, and I'm so glad that, you know, we know what we know and we're able to do this. Um, so we were able to do um, Virex, which is our kind of overall immune support, Um we were able to do Virex topically with the light therapy, cleaned it right up. You can barely even tell that he ever even cut his eye open. It healed up just beautifully. That's wonderful. Um, that reminds me, when you said Virex and immunity and such, um, what, like, if you had to pick three or four things to have in your medicine cabinet at all times, mm-hmm. especially during these uncertain times in America or across the world, Mm -hmm. what uh, of those, because there's probably a whole list that we could go through. What do you think right now um, would be the most beneficial, say the top four? Okay. Uh, Number one, I have Virex in my cabinet at all times um, because that is kind of our broad spectrum immune support. Um, What I love about herbals is that um, because our our earth grows them for us, our bodies are designed to utilize them. So we can't really overdo it. 
So even if, if I think I pick something up or maybe I um, just traveled, I'll do it when I travel too. We have it part of our travel protocol is take Virex just to, to give yourself that support as you're being exposed to a lot of things. But um, the body will kind of let go of whatever it doesn't use. So if I take it and I ended up not needing it, it doesn't really hurt me. But it can really support my immune system if I'm putting myself in a position where I'm exposed to a lot of germs, right? Because there's they're everywhere and there's all different types of them. Um, so Virex would be number one. Um, the next one would be Essymes. Uh, that usually surprises people because it's not specific to immune support, but it is a digestive aid. And if it's taken away from food, can help, can, has been reported that it reduces inflammation. So that's something I keep on hand at all times, enzymes. Um, the next one would be, there's so many to pick from, but I'm trying to think of what I always have in my cabinet. Uh, Bioflora is our probiotic. It's a pre and probiotic. That's what I love about that. If you're not familiar with that, prebiotics um, is what feeds the probiotics. It's kind of like food for the probiotics. So you're getting both together. And if people are stressed, that would help them too, right? Because that affects the gut. Absolutely. Essimes and bioflora both support the gut, which affects our mental health. Because the gut is like our second brain. I'm sure Wendy could do a whole class on that probably. Um, so yes, both of those are going to support the gut. Um, and then the fourth one's tough, but I would probably, it's like a toss up either SHA, um, which kind of stands for sinus, hay fever, or allergy. It naturally supports, um, allergic responses. So we can't say that it does, you know, that we can't really guarantee anything because we're only allowed to say certain things. Um, but it's a natural herbal support um, that we have gotten really positive feedback for. So that's something I just kind of keep on hand in case I ever need it. And then I'm going to throw in a bonus, which is Nervine. Um, partly because of this year and partly because we're going into holiday season. And I know that can be stressful. And Nervine is kind of our, it's like an overall calming. It's an herbal blend that helps calm the nervous system. And so um, like if I get anxiety or I'm just feeling really uh, like life is getting to me, I actually keep a bottle of that in my purse so that I can just take a dropper full if I need to. Yeah, we love our Nervine. <laughs> a lot of us are consuming it regularly. Mm-hmm. Tincture only. The good news, though, is that with the tinctures, hit the bloodstream quicker. So if I take Nervine, if I'm if I'm feeling my anxiety doing this, and I take Nervine, it's usually about ten minutes max, ten minutes, and I can just feel it. Like, so it's a lot quicker response than the capsules. Whereas the body has to break down the capsules. Um, I, do you mind if I ask you some more questions about the products themselves? No, of course um, not. Um, so I have a husband is taking the prostate. Mm -hmm. um, 
but he's wondering about the male. He thought maybe you should take both, but he won't come in. He's one of those husbands that just says, tell me what to do, but he won't let me check him. So he won't come in and see me. Um, so it's kind of a guessing game. Um, to respond decently to the prostate, herbal, okay. um, and um, wondering if the male would, uh, if you could explain the difference between those two, because I can't test him. Yes, absolutely. Um, the male is also going to, um, prostate's pretty self-explanatory, the area that that's supporting, right? Whereas male is also going to support adrenals, which um, then your hormones function off of your adrenals, so it's giving adrenal and hormone support as well. Great. Similar you. to kind of like how endo endocrine can be taken by either, um, but similar to kind of how endocrine is going to support those adrenals too. Good. Do you guys have any questions on any of the country doctor problems? Oh, actually, yeah, Becca, we do have a, a curiosity about the, um, the light, the red light therapy, what this little plastic doodad is. That is in case you can do different sizes of batteries in them. So that one, I want to say, is for a solo or a double A. But he provides that in case, because the, there's the, um, the triple, right? Where you can use the triple, whoops, um, the triple A's. The, that one, I think you can loop in uh, two of the double A's. Or I have one single battery that I bought uh, that's rechargeable. And the one thing that is important with these is that you change, if you're using them daily, you change the batteries once a month. You don't wait for the light to go out because they start losing, um, it'll start losing its efficiency before the light actually goes out. Okay, good to know. So that's one thing that's good to know as well. Um, but you can use different batteries in these. It doesn't have to be the AAA. So I actually have the AAA in here right now, but I have one where it's a single battery that's rechargeable so that I can just charge it each week and then I pop this in in the meantime while they're charging. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Probably not the best to answer it on from a technical standpoint. I could refer you to New Wave Therapy has a YouTube channel and tons of videos that kind of go more in depth with this. Um, but red, but the the red light, I'll do my best. But I'm not a technical person, um, so I apologize if I don't explain this well. But uh, the red light, it's a specific frequency. Everything is energy. So um, when using the light. 
It's, um, it's essentially igniting our self-healing. It's promoting blood flow, circulation, um, which then uh, in, improves the body's ability to uh, rebuild, repair, restore. Um, and then that blood flow and that um, kind of self-healing process that starts to take place is where it helps reduce that inflammation. Hopefully that kind of helps, but I could definitely lead you to a New Wave Therapy YouTube channel, and he probably will explain that much better than I could ever attempt to. Uh, speaking of channels, Becca, what, mm-hmm. what's the uh, best way to see you and Country Doctor? Uh, we, yeah, thank you. We are live uh, every Wednesday. We go live on the Country Doctor Nutritional Center. Uh, which is our clinic here in Wyoming. Uh, so we have a clinic page, and Dr. Dan and I go live every Wednesday, uh, which would be 3 p.m. your time, I believe, Eastern Eastern time, right? Yes. Um, so 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We do that every Wednesday, and we'll cover a different topic every week. Um, so like uh, yesterday, we talked about uh, gluten-free why you should avoid wheat, and is gluten-free actually healthy for you? And we take requests too. So if you have a topic you want us to cover, just let us know. We'll be happy to put it in on the schedule. And so was that helpful, Joe, on the light therapy? Yeah, I have a detailed breakdown in the book. It is really wordy and scientific. It's hard to explain, but you can look at the book. Thank you. I'm not good with the scientific stuff. It's I think my brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> I like to see the the kid or the dog say, "Oh yeah, that worked great." You know, for me, I'm like, "Okay, good." <laughs> yeah, um, Um, but it took the inflammation and pain away from me. 
she didn't admit it or anything. No, she wouldn't admit it, but but that's okay. I knew it worked. That's so great. Well, it's the stimu- stimulating that blood flow is what stimulates the body's ability to restore, rebuild, repair. I think what we're missing right now um, with modern medicine is that they're so focused on manipulating the body to kind of cover up whatever symptoms the person is concerned about, but not really addressing that underlying cause of why is why are they having this to begin with, right? This is our body's way of saying, I have a red flag, right? I'm waving a red flag. I need help. It doesn't mean we, we, we don't get rid of the red flag, right? We're not... And so I guess that's where I always like to make sure people understand what we're doing is we're trying, we're really seeking to work with the body because the body knows what it needs to do. At the end of the day, it's really more simple than we make it. It's that we get this overload of toxicity in the body that gets in the body's way of doing its self-healing, its restore, its rebuild, repair, right? And so if we remove those toxicities, and then the other piece of the puzzle is the nutritional deficiencies, is that we're all essentially nutritionally deficient in some way. It's almost impossible not to be with our current uh, modern day society, unfortunately. So if we remove these toxicities, and that's by cleansing, right? Cleansing the body, detoxing the body, and then we add in and we're nourishing the body with the right foods, then the body knows what it needs to do. We just have to get these other things out of the way, right? And so that's kind of the big difference between, um, you know, modern day or allopathic medicine versus naturopathy is that we're just trying to work with the body and position the body to do what it was designed to do. We're not trying to manipulate the body. You mentioned um, cleansing. Is that helpful in times like these? Oh, absolutely. Um, It is the best thing you can do. In fact, I actually wrote down a few quotes. Um, I'm reading, um, like I said, I love to self-educate. I'm reading Dr. Bernard Jensen right now. Um, We have a lot of really amazing, great um, healers that have really paved the way in our industry. And um, they have a ton of resources available and books that you can read. I always encourage people do your own research, do your own homework, um, go go read this stuff for yourself. But Dr. Bernard Jensen, he has several books. And right now I'm actually reading um, Bowel Health. And he essentially shares in that book that um, when you cleanse the bowels properly, it literally takes stress off of every other organ and system in the body. Because virtually every disease starts in the bowel because that's our elimination of these toxicities. So if we're not eliminating these toxicities properly, then it starts creating this stress on these other areas in the body. And so um, this is where managing our health becomes actually a lot more simple than we think. If we um, seek to cleanse the bowel, get it performing optimally, that relieves stress off of these other organs. Then we can go cleanse these other organs. We have a series of cleanses Um, that Wendy's very familiar with. Um, It always starts with the bowel, but then we also have a liver gallbladder cleanse. We have a kidney uh, bladder cleanse. We have a lymph cleanse. We have a parasite cleanse. We have a heavy metal cleanse. And so this is all strategically 
um, designed and in a specific order to help really just reduce the toxic, the toxic buildup in the body and then nourish the body at the same time. And, um, it's just really amazing, uh, how much better somebody can feel just by doing those things. Um, a quote from Dr. Bernard Jensen, uh, the immune system, because going back to we always want to take care of that immune system, can be built up only in a clean body, a body with minimal amount of accumulated toxic material. Um, he also says when we cleanse and remove the toxic debris, feed the body good, healthy, vital foods, and stop poisoning ourselves, the body will respond with healing and reversal of disease. That's Dr. Bernard Jensen. Um, so if you think about it, it's kind of like, um, I always use our cars as an example. We take our cars to get an oil change, right? Every three months or 5,000 miles, whatever it is for you, but you're taking your car to get an oil change on a regular basis. So if you take a moment and think about why am I doing that? Well, because you want your car to last a long time and you want it to, to run well, right? And so um, why are we not taking a similar approach with our bodies? If we want our bodies to live a 100 years and we want to have energy and we want to enjoy, right? We want to enjoy our time here, why are we not servicing our bodies the way that we service our cars? Um, yeah, great question. Um, I don't really recommend cleanses for um, anyone that's pregnant. Um, there's, there's, that's, anyone that's pregnant, I wouldn't recommend, that's not the time to cleanse, right? We have different seasons of our life. That's just not the season to cleanse. Um, nursing moms can do the bowel cleanse, but they, um, they don't want to do the heavy metal cleanse. So we have a few stipulations on those, right, that we watch out for. Uh, children can do the cleanses, but they're kind of tough to coach. So I don't really jump to putting kids on cleanses unless they're like mature teenagers, right, or, um, or mature preteens, depending on the situation. Um, and then there's a few cases where it's not that they can't do it. We just might proceed slightly different with them. So for example, um, if someone has had a weight loss surgery, we would not throw them into a full um, bowel cleanse. We might ease them into it. Um, so we're, we're just going to take a slightly different approach. Um, uh, I'd have to pull my notes, but I think that's for the most part. It, it's mostly that we would just take a slightly different approach with certain individuals. So another example would be, um, and we see this quite often, people will come in and maybe they're only, we talk a lot of poop in our office, but they're only pooping once a week or twice a week, right? They have chronic constipation, um, which by the way is one of the, um, it, it's the quickest way to disease, unfortunately. I mean, I feel like we just have to like educate people on that. And so the first thing we've got to do is get them eliminating some of those toxins out but an individual like that, we might ease them into a bowel cleanse and not put them full, fully into it. So that's where I think it's, you know, this is why the products go through a practitioner so that we can make sure that we're doing our best to position you to have the best experience possible. Can you talk a little bit about what the metals are, their impact, and then just how you feel the importance of heavy metal detoxing? 
Oh, yes, this is a big one. Thank you. Um, yes, we are exposed to heavy metals um, in so many different ways. I mean, even just our food, we can be exposed to our food. Um, I have uh, well water at my house. So we have a lot of heavy metal exposure from that. So we have to filter all of our water. And I will actually find heavy metal chunks uh, caught up in the filter uh, from the water. Um, we have a shower filter as well. Um, most people don't realize you can actually absorb a lot of toxins um, just through a shower. Um, an eight-minute hot shower, you can actually absorb more uh, toxicity than if you drink unfiltered water all day. The reason being your body is designed to filter it to some level, whereas when we do hot water on the skin, opens up the pores, and if the water's not being filtered, then it goes right straight into the bloodstream. Our bodies weren't really designed to have a hot shower that maybe is potentially exposed to other things. That's just one example. Uh, braces are another one where we see a lot of heavy metal toxicity. Um, I mean, there's a, I think we have actually a handout of a long list of places that you can get exposure from. Uh, cooking pans is another one, like nonstick cooking pans. You can get um, exposure that way. So there's so many things in modern day society that are really convenient for us, but not good for our health. And when we get that toxicity built up in our body, um, there is a long, long list of things that um, that heavy metal toxicity can cause from a symptom standpoint, right? Um, unexplained irritability, uh, numbness and tingling in the hands and feet, um, twitching, so random twitching spots, uh, spot, spots um, unexplained skin rashes. So the list could go on and on really important to help clean that up i'm passing that sheet around yeah it also can um can contribute to like parasites and candida um it can it can be careful with my words but they they kind of bind together and so if you get a lot of heavy metal toxicity in the body then um, you can become more susceptible to um, maybe a candida yeast overgrowth or um, parasites um, because we're, again, we're exposed to these things day in and day out. They're just there. What about stainless steel? Say it again. What about stainless steel cooking pans? Stainless steel? Nope, I use stainless steel. Stainless steel and glass are usually kind of your best options. Say it again. I I don't I don't know for sure, so I don't want to miss I don't want to misspeak. I just know um, it's hard for me to keep track of everything I've ever read, to be honest. But I just know off the top of my head, stainless steel and the glass. So I'd have to look up because I don't remember off the top of my head. We really just focus on um, on is is what is the current. This is kind of what we do is we're looking at what is the the current kind of top layer of stress that the body is dealing with or needs to have removed or addressed. 
And so if heavy metals, for example, comes on display, oh, heavy metal toxicity, um, you know, that's compromising your immune system, for example, um, then we would then look at, okay, what uh, whole food or herbal, right? What, what do we have from a natural whole food herbal standpoint that is going to help clear that? So if somebody was getting tested, would you say, yep, you are dealing with heavy metal, heavy metals, or are you guys saying that with the lives we all lead today, pretty much everybody could benefit from a heavy metal detox? Uh, correct. Yeah, we actually, we have a calendar of cleanses that um, kind of, well, we'll, we use the calendar of cleanses. It depends on the client, right, where they're at. Some people need to dive into cleanses right away. Some people kind of wait until they get to that maintenance phase. But we actually have um, in our kind of preventative, being proactive, what can you do to kind of manage your health going forward, we recommend twice a year to do a heavy metal cleanse, whether that comes on display for you or not. Um, because when it comes on display, in the evaluation process, that's your body's way of saying, this is overwhelming me. If we can go through and clean up some of these things before it gets to the point where it's overwhelming the body, then that's only going to help everybody feel that much better. So from a preventative and proactive standpoint, I actually would recommend everybody just go through and every six months do a heavy metal, do a, do a round to heavy metal cleanse. Mm-hmm. What about the 5G? Does that have anything to do with the heavy metals and stuff like that? Was that 5G? 5G that they're coming out with. 5G is a big hot topic for me. Um, it's here's the thing with 5G. Before we had 5G, we already had um a lot of individuals whose bodies were overwhelmed by electric stress. And what happens is, kind of like how we were talking about fear suppresses the immune system, right? And then the immune system's not functioning op optimally because this emotion is kind of holding it down, okay? The same thing happens with electric stress. It's, it's essentially this suppression on your immune system. Um, I, at one point, about halfway through this year, pulled charts because I was personally curious about the virus hotspots and where these 5G towers had been activated shortly before all of this had happened. And if you put the maps next to each other, they looked almost identical. Um, now, there were some individuals that, that maybe were saying or thinking that, um, that it was somehow connected or causing the virus. Um, my theory is that when they activated these towers, you had individuals who already were struggling with their health. Their immune systems were already compromised. Then you turn on these towers, it's like that much more electric stress on our bodies. And it suppresses everybody's immune system that much more. Thus, why you have certain areas of the country that maybe are struggling more than other areas of the country. If you look, they have numerous 5G towers, whereas this area might have one. So I don't think it causes anything, but I think it suppresses the immune system. And um, it, it's very detrimental to our health. They're actually in the process of already trying to pass 6G and they don't even have all of this, the 5G towers up. 
Um, it's a huge concern uh, that I think we're going to see more and more people maybe uh, raising questions about. I heard of EMG, and that was to kind of counteract some of the market stress. Anything about that? I don't know anything about that. I wear, um, I personally wear the magnets. Um, so I personally, I have to wear two. So the magnets kind of help pull out the electric stress. It helps kind of ground the body. Um, if I can get outside and go barefoot, I do that. I also have a device in my house because I live by very big power lines, go th right through my backyard. So I, I actually have a device in my house um, that I purchased to help um, to help essentially ground my home and pull out some of that electric stress. Hmm. There is another. I think there are some other options where you can actually hook them up in your electric box. But no, it's just in my living room. That's what I was talking. Oh, okay, okay. I haven't done enough research, um, I would say, yeah, to speak on that. But uh, EMF'd by uh, Dr. Mercola is, uh, is a good book to reference on this topic if you're looking to read more about it. He also has at the end of that book a list of studies and resources um, that even date back to like microwave studies in the 80s um, and how that affects our health. Because when 6G rolls out, it's going to be similar to putting us in a microwave if we're not doing something uh, to monitor that. Well, I know you can't put a wet cat in a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> No, no, yeah. Thank you. I always feel like that's a little bit of a depressing topic, but it's good for people to know um, because we get sold all the benefits, right? You could watch this many movies and you won't have issues with your internet and da-da-da-da-da. Well, I don't need to watch 43 movies at once. Well, yeah, once it eyes. Yeah. That's a lot of great information, Becca. Thank you so much. Oh, thank Anybody? you. Oh, go ahead and ask. Just what, what are your thoughts about the, the vaccine that it seems coming out regardless of what anybody thinks? And what are you personally going to do? I mean, there are people that are saying I will die before I allow this vaccine. What do you think? It's a what good question. Uh, it's a good what was the last part? Against it, if somebody is going to get it, just should they take? Is there anything to potentially help? We have family members who just are going to get it. Mm -hmm. um, no, it's it's a really great question, and I think we we do need to open up this discussion. Uh, for me personally, I will share that uh, my kids um, at this moment are currently under a religious exemption. Um, I personally, this is just me personally, choose to live in Wyoming um, for kind of uh, 
where we stand on some of these issues, I feel a little bit more uh, like I have the freedom to choose. I don't get harassed as I might in another state under a religious exemption. Um, so for me, I will kind of fight that fight as long as I can to stick with my religious exemption for me, my family, and my kids. Uh, with that being said, if it came down to it, I don't know that I would, for me personally, die before I would take a vaccine. I don't, I don't, it's hard to say what I would or wouldn't do until I'm in that situation. Um, but if I absolutely had to, uh, the product HP Detox is uh, one of our tinctures. It is part of our cleansing protocols and a couple of our cleanses. I would have that ready to go. Um, I would also maybe do a little more research. I don't want to speak incorrectly, but there are potentially some things you can do immediately following the vaccine to stop it from spreading throughout your body. So, uh, so I would explore options for sure. I would try to avoid it first as much as possible. Then I would explore as many options to either get it out of my system as quick as possible or um, try and prevent it from spreading if I can't, if that's an option. Again, I don't want to misspeak because I haven't done enough research here. But um, if I can avoid it, I can't. I, I'm going to do that as much as possible. Uh, hopefully that answers the question. It also kind of goes back to taking care of our bodies, right? So if I'm, um, you know, if I'm taking care of my body and my family's taking care of their bodies and, and we have very healthy uh, functioning systems, then detoxing that um, hopefully shouldn't be that big of a deal. Does that make sense? One thing you said, we get a little bit off track here, but we're, things we talk about, like the mask. Can you talk a little bit about the religious exception? Kind of, what did you have to do in Wyoming? Is that just you're saying we have a religious exemption? Did you have to do anything? And kind of under what grounds did you say, my family and I are not going to participate in any of this because of our religious exemption? So every state is different. In, um, in the state of Wyoming... Uh, we, we have to submit a form. So I have to, I have to do documentation for my children and get it notarized and send it into the state. Um, there's some debates out there that you shouldn't do that because then you're on, you know, you're on a list. Well, we're all on lists no matter what. So I try to not get caught up in that, right? Like they all know we're here. So, <laughs> Um, so I don't really, I try to not focus as much on that. I do do a, I have filled out a form and submitted it, um, in regard to the mask thing. Um, since that's not an actual law at this state, a mandate is not a law. So the legal ramifications of not following a mandate are pretty hard to hold up in court. If we really want to get down to legalities, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't want to say that for sure, right? Um, um, when I'm walking around without a mask, if anyone says anything, um, I'm under a medical exemption. Um, if I, if I really get into a discussion with somebody, what my, my real big belief here, cause I personally am frustrated with the attack on the non-mask wearers, like we're inconsiderate and we're selfish and we don't care about others. Well, anyone who knows me knows that that's not who I am. So, but if that's what you want to say about me, that's your problem, not mine. But if I get into a discussion with somebody, what I typically say is something along the lines of my not wearing a mask has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with what most people think. It's not that I'm inconsiderate or selfish. 
It's that I can't, in order for me to wear a mask and believe that it will save your life, I have to get on board with believing that I'm greater than God. I have to disconnect from my source and I have, and, and in order for me to believe that a mask will save your life, I'm disconnecting and I'm believing that I'm more powerful than God. And I just can't get on board with that. And I just, I can't get on board with disconnecting from my source to give you a false sense of security. I'm sorry. Thank you. I've also been very tempted to approach people. I bite my tongue and I don't, but I've been very tempted to approach people sitting in a restaurant who are wearing a mask at the table, talking to their family. I really want to approach them and say, if you truly believe that there is an airborne deadly virus, is it worth risking your life to come eat in a restaurant? You should really be at home. my husband? I'll give you an answer. I don't know that the husband will appreciate it. I mean, if someone is accusing me of not caring about them because I don't want to wear a mask, I might have to, and I'm going to quote Dan here. You guys will love him when he gets on in a couple of weeks. I'm going to quote Dan here, and I'm going to I'm going to jerk their covers a little bit. Okay, so um, I'm I'm going to bring up the immune system, and I'm going to I'm going to say, you know what? Okay, so what are you doing to protect yourself? Because I take really good care of my health for you too. That's why I don't worry about a mask because I'm taking care of my health because my health affects your health and your health affects this person's health, right? Everybody's health affects someone else. I don't appreciate that a hundred million people might get this vaccine. And by the way, you can shed a vaccine just like you do the, the virus. You're injecting the virus. So a hundred million people getting the vaccine could actually be more detrimental than the virus when they start shedding, if that makes sense. So I would actually flip it back around and I would ask some open-ended questions of, if you're genuinely concerned about your health, what are you doing to take care of your your health? What are you eating every day, husband? What are you, are you exercising? Are you doing some self-care? Are you, because if you aren't contributing in these areas, um, then you aren't caring about your health and it's not fair to, for you to put that on me. Yeah, I have tried some of those conversations, and it just keeps going back to you just don't care. You don't care if I pass. And I said, 
I can't talk to anyone else other than God. I love you the most. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't talk to you. And that's, you know, but I still, I used to, you still force it, you know, so it's just so frustrating. Here's the. Here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. Is that, and they know this, and this is why the fear is such a big deal. Is that when you get people in a state of fear, they're operating from this emotional point in their brain. And when we're at the emotional part of our brain, we do not think rationally and logically. It goes out the window. So you might be better off considering what questions can I ask to maybe get him out of a state of fear? Well, it's red light. It's red light. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I would literally do this. Have you ever noticed when you don't feel good, you go like this? Or when you're, when you're emotionally distraught, you go like this because these are your, it's your emotional center. So when you do this, it's literally touching specific acupuncture points or acupressure points that affect the emotional part of the brain. Give him some nervine and I do the LED. That's a great idea. But if you can get him out of this state of fear, then you could have a rational conversation potentially. But when he's in a state of fear, it's like talking to a wall. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not worth your energy. I feel filled with sugar and, and junk and, you know, whatever. And, you know, and I, I try to take care of myself. I've been eating more veggies and stuff like that. I'm trying to do better. And, stuff. Um, and I've been taking, you know, these supplements and things like that. And, and de-stressing and, you know, really mm-hmm. uh, going forward and just really taking my time and, for me and for the mm. so, um, you know, but it's just frustrating. It's just so frustrating. Mm. Any, any kind of wrap-up advice, just stuff that you'd say to people who are trying to learn to be healthier and better take care of themselves that you would say, just here are a couple things that are really important I think you should know. It can mm. be on anything. Yeah. Um. Progress, not perfection. Oh, sorry. What was the last part? Questions we don't know how to ask. Maybe we haven't asked. We don't even know how to ask. But just things that you think may be important for us to know. Ah, no, that's great. Um, I always dive into progress, not perfection. Um, you know, I did a complete 180 on my lifestyle. I'm still in the process of trying to bake my habits better, right? It's always a work in progress. It's not something, it's not a switch we flip. It's a, it's a process that takes time. So I really encourage individuals to not uh, beat themselves up, to not let that, that guilt of it didn't go the way I wanted it to, right? We want to, we want to put all of these bad habits away and, and put all of these good habits. And that's not a realistic overnight process, right? It, it's like, it's a process. It doesn't happen just overnight. Um, and then I always encourage people to consider what they want and why they want it. So regardless of what the, the concern or issue is, let's say it's pain. This is a really big one. Pain. I have a lot of pain. Okay. Um, 90% of the time pain is usually somehow diet or lifestyle related or some toxic buildup in the body. It's really more simple than we 
make it out to be, right? But okay, if we want to address pain, why is it important for you to address pain? What is pain taking from your life? What is it keeping you from? Is it keeping you from playing with grandkids? Is it keeping you from being the parent you want to be? Is it keeping you from a marathon? Is it keeping you from just getting off the couch? I mean, it's different for everybody, right? But how is that pain affecting your life to where you're not living the life you want to live? Figure out why it's important to address whatever it is for you. And when you really connect with that why, then it makes the rest of it a lot easier, right? Hopefully that helps. Great. Yeah, because that is a really open-ended question. You can talk about anything that you think may be important for us to know. We're all just trying to get better the best we can. Yeah. I think supporting one another and recognizing that this isn't a, a one-time flip the switch fix, right? It's that it's like every area of our life, we're constantly trying to improve and evolve and get better. And, you know, I have a list of things in my life that I want to improve upon, right? We're, we're never reaching that state of perfection or we wouldn't be here. Um, we're all just here learning and growing and embracing all of these lessons. So I think the biggest thing is, is to not beat ourselves up. Most of the time when people seek to make lifestyle changes, they beat themselves up. They let that guilt come in or they feel shameful if they eat something that wasn't in their plan for the day, right? Um, and I have a lot of little tips I could give, right? Of like, plan it. Don't have it be an impulse. I try not to impulse eat anything. I try to, if I'm going to treat myself, I'm, it's a planned event. I'm not bringing guilt into it. I'm not feeling shameful. Um, and I know when Wendy collects food logs, because that's really important, part of our program, you know, one of the big things that we really teach as well is that we don't food shame. A lot of people think when we say fill out a food log that we're going to food shame them. We're not trying to food shame you. That's a negative emotion that's not going to help anything, right? Um, we just want to help look at what can we add in. Focus on adding in healthy stuff versus feeling guilty or trying to take away all of the things you love. It's a really interesting piece of advice. So for some of us that may struggle to stop things, adding in positive things may have, have flipped into that result, maybe easier to stop doing the other things. Exactly. You'll naturally, as you add more good things in, you'll naturally have less room for these other things. And when you do treat yourself, it will be more, you'll be more present with it. If it's planned, you look forward to it. You can be mindful with it versus if you pay attention the next time you eat anything out of a box, can, bag, by about the third bite, you're not even paying attention. True. And there's physical, there's there's chemicals in there that your body gets physically addicted to. This is the other reason I don't want people beating themselves up. Because there's so many things that contribute to um that contribute to our ability to stay on track, right? It's not a willpower thing. You got chemicals that your body gets addicted to. There's an emotional component, right? I mean um, one of my favorite things to tell people is, you know, when we were babies and we cry, we get the bottle or mom coddles us. 
right? Well, when we become adults, it's not really appropriate to have mom coddle you anymore. But you were taught from day one that boy food will go ahead and push those emotions right back down. So we're kind of conditioned from day one that food can be very soothing to stuff those feelings back down, right? So there's an emotional component. There's that your body gets physically addicted. If you have things internally that can work against you, blood sugar um, is doing this or parasites or, 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 I mean, the list goes on and on. Thank you. I could talk all night, but I also don't want to overwhelm you guys with too much, you know? <laughs> Becca, thank you. We don't want to keep you any longer. We've already kept you a half an hour longer than I planned to, and I appreciate you so much. No and worries. Love My pleasure. Thanks for having me. If Dr. Dan gets out of line when he gets on with you guys, you just let me know. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, deal. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Practice Blueprint, the podcast. In order to get connected with us by way of Facebook or online or with our LinkedIn accounts, check us out at our website, countrydoctorwholesale.com. It's countrydoctorwholesale.com. There you can get plugged into a number of resources, give us feedback ask questions, find out about future practitioner events, and be plugged into the Practice Blueprint Manual, which does provide over 20 hours of continuing education credits for practitioners that need it. It is a accredited nationally program with the ANMCB and the AANWP. So again, thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to catching you next time on Practice Blueprint, the podcast.